0: I was sitting in church this morning and this message just came across my heart because I was just sitting there and worshiping and I felt like I kind of was confronted with this question of like, do you believe me? Do you trust me? Do you love me? And it was almost like the Holy Spirit was just asking those questions of me as I was worshiping. And I had to sit down and write down the notes that I was reflecting on what I feel like he made known to me because I immediately knew that I was meant to share this message with you. So I'm really excited to dig into it. So let's dive in. Hey, friends, welcome to the Waiting Well podcast. I am your host, Courtney Dunker, and you are here because your journey to motherhood has not looked the way that you always imagined. It has held heartbreak, loneliness, and questions like, Why me, God? I'm here to remind you that you do not have to walk this road alone. And here we can wait well together. Each week, I will share faith based encouragement from my own infertility journey, provide information from guest experts on navigating infertility and conceiving, powerful testimonies, and top tips on stewarding your health and emotional well being through this demanding journey. So if you are ready to take back control of your life, find peace with God join the in-between spaces, and thrive in your waiting season, then meet me at the well, girl. Grab that warm chocolate chip cookie, a little bit of unicorn juice or iced coffee. We've got some intentional growth to do. Let's get it. Okay, so like I said, I was sitting there in church worshiping the Lord, and I just got this picture and these questions that came to mind. And it was this picture of Me standing on the boat in the raging sea, and Jesus is there sleeping on the boat while I am panicking and I'm afraid and I'm doubting and I have questions and I just feel like everything is out of control, everything is falling apart, and we might die. And that's the vision that I had. And Jesus was just there sleeping, and I immediately realized that I saw myself in the shoes of the disciples when there was a really crazy storm and Jesus was asleep and immediately went back to that verse. And the questions that came to mind as I was having this kind of vision during worship time were specifically related to trusting God with our children, whether it is current children, future children, no children that we have yet, but we hope for children. Like I just truly believe that if you were listening to this podcast, there you're either already a mom or you're desiring to be a mom. And that part of you is created by God. It's handmade by your creator. Like he purposefully gave you that desire for motherhood. And when we're sitting there, so I, I really believe like, especially being on this side of motherhood now as navigating the roads that I, I honestly didn't know if I would be able to navigate. I do feel like the question of trusting God that you navigate through infertility is still lingering after becoming a mom because it's kind of like before you get married and before you meet your spouse i feel like you're like they say all the time if you're not happy with just being content in who you are and you haven't found rest in like jesus being enough then marriage is not actually going to fix your problems it's not all of a sudden going to make you feel less lonely it's not going to all of a sudden fix any issues emotionally that you have it's not a problem solver to what could be happening beneath the surface. A lot of times singleness or infertility, it just exposes what is currently in the heart that God wants us to address. And so as I was like kind of processing this during worship, I felt like the Lord really revealed that to me, like becoming a mom doesn't fix your heart (laughs) after infertility. And I could truthfully say that because now for us, navigating, having, conceiving a baby number two, we're sitting here in the throes of trusting God to bring life to the baby that he has now knit in my womb for the second time. And that trust of like, do I trust you, God? Are you good? Are you going to be faithful to me? Are you going to be loyal to me? Do I believe in your goodness? Can I follow you no matter what? those are still questions that are lingering in my heart. It doesn't go away just because I got pregnant. It Honestly, it just amplifies the situation. So I really just thought of this vision and I felt like the Lord just spoke to me that I needed to share with you guys in a way that hopefully will encourage you and hopefully transform your heart so that you can really do heart work. Heart work, not hard work, although it can be hard work do the heart work during the waiting season so that we can truly flourish when we are called out of the waiting and into his, his providence and his provision. So the question that came to mind that I feel like fertility and just trying to conceive specifically not being able to conceive really forces us to confront is kind of, I would say, threefold. And it is, do I trust you, God, unequivocally? do I believe that you're good? Unequivocally. Do I love you and follow you? Unequivocally. Those three questions, I believe, are what you are confronted with. You're staring down the barrel of as you walk through while trying to conceive. And it's funny because I feel those questions still sitting in my heart, even now, being a mom of one and with another on the way it didn't go away. I think I worked through a lot of mud and muck and got through some weeds with the Lord during my six years of infertility, but it's still there because now it's just a different question. I am currently pregnant and I don't say that to cause any hurt feelings, but it's the same question of like, do I still trust that God is going to deliver this baby, that there's not going to be a miscarriage? Do I still believe that he's good even if there was a miscarriage? Do I love him? Do I follow him no matter what? And I want to draw on the, the word I used unequivocally because that's kind of a big word. And I'm like, what does that even mean? I know this is the right context, but let's just give a definition to it. And it says, in a way that leaves no doubt. And I believe that God uses, he may not want us to go through infertility. He may not want us to go through month after month of negative tests, but I do believe he uses that season to transform us so that our answer can be confidently, yes, I trust you, God, unequivocally. Yes, I believe that you're good without a shadow of a doubt. Yes, I love you and I follow you in a way that leaves no doubt. And I think a lot of times our wrestling and our pain and our heartache with infertility comes because we can't honestly answer that very well. That, those questions, are the unequivocally part is something that we can't confidently talk to. I feel like we do have doubts. It brings up doubts in our relationship with God. Like, are you good, God? Because right now this doesn't feel good. Do I trust you without a shadow of a doubt? I don't know because I don't like this plan that you've given me. Do I love you and do I follow you? That's the question, right? Like, do I keep following you if you never make me a mom? Because answering that, talking and, and facing that fact that broke my heart when I had to go through that six years of infertility. I truly had to get to that point of like, I believe in you. I love you, I trust your plan for me. And I am OK. If you never make me a mom. So, how do we get there? How do we get to a place where we can unequivocally, a way that leaves no doubt? How can we navigate our fertility journey in a way that says, I trust you, God, in a way that leaves no doubt? I'm not worried about your plans for me. I don't question your plans for me. It doesn't feel good. I don't love it. It's not the way I would write my story but I do trust you. I am walking after you. And I believe that you're good regardless of what my human circumstances can interpret. Because I do know that you. there are things that I can't fully understand. My finite mind cannot comprehend. So what's going on right now, what I see and what I can reason and logic with my finite mind is limited in vision. So I am going to say that you're good. Can we get there on our fertility journey? I believe we can. I believe that I did get there before Highlands. I believe that I was there living there after Highlands, even if we never had another baby. I truly felt like I am so content God with your plans. Like I do feel happy and free and good and joyful and I believe that that's the fruit of the spirit doing that work in our hearts where he is exposing, he's bringing to the surface this kind of yuck that's like, Ooh, I, yeah, I don't know if I could say that I trust the Lord. Like, I don't know if I could say that I follow you if that means you never make me a mother. I don't know if I could say that you're good if I keep losing my babies. You see how those questions, they come to the surface. It's, it's the circumstances neutral and our emotions and our journey provide these Emotions that allow us to not be able to say it unequivocally, without a shadow of a doubt, right? It leaves no doubt. But I believe with the Holy Spirit that we can actually walk this earth through the most painful and difficult and unimaginable circumstances in a way that leaves no doubt to God's goodness, to your trust in Him, to your love and your ability to follow Him. And the reason that I can say that is the disciples. So if we go back to that story that I was talking to you about, it's in Matthew 8, 23 through 27, Jesus calms the storm. Then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him up and saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, you of little faith. Why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. So let's just put ourselves in the disciples' shoes, and let's just have this picture that infertility and becoming a mom is the storm around us. We are in the ship. Jesus is in the ship. He's asleep. And all we can think about is our anger and our frustration that he is asleep. Like, what are you doing? Like, if I'm in that boat and physically there's a storm raging around me where the waves are literally crashing over the ship and I'm in this, you know, like perfect storm, right? I am so mad at Jesus. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? How could you possibly sleep through this? Like, we are facing life or death here. And I think that's kind of how the best visual in many ways that we can feel with trying to conceive. We are in the middle of this epic battle and we are just trying to hold on and weather the storm, but our panic is over the fact that it feels like Jesus is sleeping. Like I'm talking to you. I'm asking you to wake up. I'm telling you to do something and you're doing nothing. And the reason that I want to bring that up is because The disciples know how it feels to be confused by God's timing, to be confused by the way he goes about things, why he is being silent, why he is quote unquote sleeping. And that specific passage, Jesus is demonstrating his deity because he shows the disciples his authority over creation. I love Jesus' reaction to them because he says, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? And then he responds to the situation at hand. And I believe that that is really what Jesus is asking us as we navigate infertility. Why are you so afraid? You have little faith. It's not the faith of, oh, I'm going to be a mother someday. That's not what our faith is in. It's in what God has control over our circumstances, including the statistics, including the numbers, including our life. And there is a purpose through the pain. That we can truly trust and find peace in. So, how do we do that? How do we get to that place of like, I unequivocally, with in a way that leaves no doubt, I love you, God. I follow you, God. Like, I'm here in this storm with you and I trust you have me. I'm not afraid. I have faith. How do we get to that place? I think we see the answer in John 15. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that bears fruit, he trims so that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I will abide in you. The branch cannot itself produce fruit unless it abides on the vine. You cannot produce fruit unless you abide in me. So then we ask the question, what does it mean to abide? Okay, so now my my solution to figuring out how to unequivocally love God, believe in his goodness, to follow him, to trust him no matter what including infertility, how like what does that mean to abide in the vine? It means to receive, believe and trust the words of Jesus. So Again, that's going back to scripture because that's our basis for everything. And in scripture, it says that your word is truth. John 17, 17, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. So if our job is to now abide in Jesus, abide in the vine, that means believing, receiving his word to be true. John 17, 17 said that we can trust that God's word is true which means that when we pull up scripture like Romans 8:28 that says, "We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who have been called according to His purpose, we know that even this, our infertility journey, our trying to conceive journey, our motherhood journey, is going to work together for our good. We could trust that because we go back, we reverse engineer it, okay? The reason that I can trust his goodness, that he loves me, that he died for me, that he is worthy of my trust, that all things he's working together for my good, including this right here, this horrible pain that I'm walking through, the reason I can actually say that unequivocally in a way that leaves no doubt is because I go back to the root of that source. The root of that source, Romans eight twenty eight, is God's word. It is God's word. And I go back to, okay, John 17, 17 says that God's word is truth. Okay. So then I go back even further and I say, and God told me that I am to abide in the vine. That's where I produce fruit. So if I want to have the surface of all that's coming up right now because of my trying to conceive journey to be dealt with, and I don't want to be suffering from the bitterness and the anger and the resentment I feel towards God right now to break that. I have to abide in Jesus. I have to go back to my source of life because fruit of patience and joy and peace, it is fruit of his spirit. So when I'm fighting his spirit off because I am choosing frustration and doubt and resentment and I am clinging to that like a cloak and it's actually preventing God's spirit from coming in and doing the work that it needs to do so that I can experience the fruit of joy and patience and peace. Have to go back to abiding in him. And abiding in him is receiving that. I receive that to be true. I receive that word to be true. I cannot say that Jesus is real, that God is real, that Jesus is my savior, and also deny that his word is not truth. Do you see how that all lines up? When we say that we cannot trust him, we don't know if he is good. We don't know if we can follow him because we currently have this roadblock of he is not making me a mother. It is telling and reflecting and our spirit is producing fruit that we don't truly believe his word to be true. And if we don't believe his word to be true, then we are not his children. It cannot be a gray area. It is black and white. God's word says it is the truth. So you either take all of it or you leave all of it. You can't pick and choose. You can't say, okay, Jesus is my savior, but he's not good because right now he's not making me a mother and I'm angry at him. So I'm not going to have peace. I'm going to have resentment and bitterness in my heart. And I don't know that I can trust him because the way that he's writing my story is not good. So then you are saying that Romans 8.28 is a lie and that his word is not true, which is bold because you might as well just be rejecting Jesus for who he is. We cannot trust the character of God and also say that his plan for our life is trash. That it was so hard for me to just accept because I I couldn't, I felt like logically it didn't make sense. You don't allow bad things to happen to the people you love, but God can. He does sometimes allow circumstances to happen that are horrible because he wants to, he is more focused on our soul than he is on our lifestyle, in our comfort. He wants us to know peace in the midst of the craziest storm, like on that boat. He wants us to experience what Jesus was experiencing. Jesus was asleep because he was tired, but also because he trusted God, his father, that he was not about to die. He knew how the story ended. So he was not panicked about his circumstances. And yet the disciples were, because they were choosing not to trust the truth of what they knew to be true with Jesus until they saw his deity when he calmed creation and he stopped it all. When they saw that, they realized, wow, God actually has, Jesus has authority. Jesus is God, he has authority over creation. But the disciples, you know, five minutes ago when they were panicking, did not believe in Jesus's deity because they they were panicking that they were going to drown. They were questioning if he had authority over creation. If God can calm the wind and the seas, don't you think he can also do a miracle in your body physically? I'm not saying he will because I don't know his plan for your life, but I am saying that you can truly truly answer those questions that I believe trying to conceive really forces you to face. And that is confronting, do I trust you, God, unequivocally in a way that leaves no doubt? Do I believe that you're good in a way that leaves no doubt? Do I love you in a way that leaves no doubt? Am I going to follow you no matter what? And I constantly am asking myself that question because if it's not waiting to conceive and have a baby, it's something else. It's a car wreck. It's a diagnosis. It's you've got so much time to live. It's something tragic happening to you. It's financial devastation. Trust me, there are a million things in this life that can bring you to your absolute knees. We cannot let the enemy rob us of our faith. And the one thing, the one thing that he can never take away from us. And that's why I'm crying right now, because I know in a way that leaves no doubt that God is real, that Jesus has saved me. And it would destroy me if he took away everything like he did to Job. But I believe because of what he did through my heart, Going through infertility and me not running away from those questions and saying those are hard questions and they're uncomfortable because I grew up in the church. You can't question God. You can't question if you're saved if you grew up in the church, right? It was almost like embarrassing to go through those questions, but I confronted them instead of running away from them because it was uncomfortable, instead of being afraid of what I would find if I did ask myself that question, like bare and stripped back. Do I, Courtney, can I stand in front of God and say, I will follow you even if you break my heart? Can I say that? And I'm still crying because it's still so real for me. And I think that there's some things in our life that he wants us to go through because we, we cannot answer that question without going through that heartbreak. It's almost like it's just that reminder that we don't control it all, that we cannot protect everything that we're given. He gives and he takes away. We don't know when he will take away and we don't know when he will give. And sometimes we can be in a, in a getting season where he's just giving and giving and it feels good. And then there's sometimes where you're in a season where you just feel like he keeps taking away and there's just nothing left for him to take. And I just want to speak to you, if that's you today, there is one thing that can never be taken from you. And all of us, every human who's going to stand with him in eternity, has to come to a place that says that. Jesus, you're my savior. You are good. I love you and I follow you. And I'm crying like a sobbing mess right now because I think all of us can name a million things that if God took away, it would just shatter our hearts. Infertility and trying to conceive is just one thing. There could be a million things still in our future and we have to know. We have to root ourselves in the truth in a way that leaves no doubt that God is so good. Because he gave us the one thing that can never be stolen from us. Life or death can never take from us. There's no pain this side of heaven that can ever remove the love and the saving grace that Jesus Christ came and paid for on the cross and in his resurrection. It is done. It is finished. That is our confidence. That is our joy. And that is also our peace. So when we ask ourselves, how do I get there? We allow God to break us and remake us. I truly feel like God broke me by asking myself those questions and having honest conversation with those I trusted the most, my husband and God. And I just had those conversations like, this is how I feel. This is where I'm at. And I had to rebuild those stones, the faith groundwork that says, okay, God, you are good. I do love you. I do follow you. I will worship you and I will lift my hands and praise you no matter what comes after that sentence. And that's what I think is so beautiful that the disciples eventually did learn because we see them in this passage so afraid from a storm. But then you fast forward and after Jesus's death, they were martyred. Peter was crucified upside down. Because he didn't consider himself worthy to die the same way Jesus did. When he was afraid of the storm, he then saw that Jesus was God and he was willing to be crucified upside down because he had learned that his faith became unequivocal. Without a shadow of a doubt, he knew the truth. Paul was beheaded. Andrew was killed. It was said that he was crucified. Thomas was pierced through with the spears of four soldiers. Philip, it was said that he was cruelly put to death. Matthew, the tax collector, said that he was actually potentially stabbed to death. James was said to be stoned and clubbed to death. Simon Was killed after refusing to sacrifice to the sun god. Matthias was killed by burning. The reason that I say that we can change, that we can get to a position within our fertility journey, that we don't have to be shackled by the frustration, the bitterness, the resentment, the sinking of our faith, that we may be just facing that storm right now. It's like you're either going to sink. Or you're going to allow Jesus to have control over creation and do his job and be the authority over your circumstances. That's our choices. And to be that, like the disciples, in a way where we're just like, I unequivocally will always claim Jesus Christ because I'm willing to go to death for this. Like, isn't that so wild that the disciples went from a position of like just fearing they're going to drown? Because they didn't know that Jesus had the authority to a position of, wow, Jesus has authority over death. We trust him and we believe in him, and we are now willing to die ourselves like they were willing to die for it when before they were not. We get there by the Holy Spirit, by abiding in Jesus, by taking him, receiving his word to be true, and believing in that word. When Jesus resurrected, he left us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our helper. He allows us to believe, to have peace, to have joy no matter what. And it will be a divine joy, not a joy rooted in your circumstances, but a joy rooted in what Jesus has done for you and that nothing can take that away so that you can still live with so much peace and joy because you're resting in that grace. So today I'm praying that over you, friend. I'm praying that as you face these questions and you truly ask yourself that question, you don't shy away from it and you don't get uncomfortable and run away from it, but you actually sit with God over those questions and you allow him to tear up and transform and rebuild your heart so that he can do a great work through you, so that he can actually demonstrate his deity and authority over the circumstances in your life and praying for redemption and hope and joy and the fruit of God's spirit to just be alive in you today. In Jesus' name. I am so glad that you chose to meet me at the well today. If this episode inspired you, changed you, or blessed you in some way, I would love for you to do one of two things. First, head to Apple Podcast at that link below and leave a review. And second, screenshot this episode and share it in your stories, tagging me at sewn with strength, or text it on over to a friend that this episode might bless. These are the number one ways to thank me. I am truly so grateful to be building out this community, and I cannot wait to see you on the next episode. Until then, go get a workout done for me, and I will see you right back here in the Waiting Well podcast.